Have you ever been asked to do the one thing you dreaded most? Often we find ourselves stuck at a crossroads, the place in our journey when we realize that the old way of doing things is no longer working. Learning to pivot brings freedom in life and business. When life provided the opportunity, I left corporate America to start my first business in 2004 while raising my twins. In 2021, we left the only life we had ever known and moved across the country to start over. There were more questions than answers and the road ahead was unclear. However, we decided to let faith, not fear, be our compass. Today, we are building the life of our dreams. With my background in marketing and a decade in the photography industry, I know how to help entrepreneurs shine online and share their talents with the world. The opportunity to rebuild my business allowed me to transition into a role as a business coach and a personal brand strategist. Join us here each week where we share simple strategies to get you unstuck in life and business and on your way to living the life you've been dreaming of. I am your host, Shelley Niehaus, and this is the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest, Carrie. Carrie Severson is the author of Unapologetically Enough and the CEO of a book publishing business she started after years of being rejected by literary agents. She has been in the storytelling industry for nearly 25 years. She started the Unapologetic Voice House in 2019 after spending years pitching literary agents in hopes of being published traditionally. All of her rejection letters from literary agents came down to the same thing. They all loved her work and they compared her work to well-known authors. But because she didn't have a big enough platform, agents always passed on her. Carrie used that pivot in life and launched a company that could help women just like her, unapologetic in their stories, without a massive following. She is married to her best friend and on her next soul quest to become the next version of herself. Carrie, we are so excited to have you back today. Yeah, thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Carrie was part of our launch. She was on episode nine that came out in our launch series. So go and listen to that one and get caught up on some of her story. But today we invited her back because we wanted to do a deeper dive into the topic of imposter syndrome and how imposter syndrome, maybe not feeling like you're enough, can really stop you in your tracks and keep you from moving forward. Mm -hmm. But before we dive into that, I'm going to give her just a minute to fill us in on a little bit of her background and just tell a little bit about her story because it's such a powerful journey and we're all going to learn so much from her today. Well, thank you. Hi, everyone. So I've been a professional storyteller for 26 years, 25 years, something like that. And I started in the journalism field when I was a teenager. I wanted to create, I wanted to get involved in the space that shined a light on women specifically, because growing up in the 80s, I've been 5'9 since I was 10 years old. I've been curvy with really big hair since I was nine years old. And nobody looked like me in the media. Actually, there was one girl on the Facts of Life that looked like me, and that was it. <laughs> and I didn't look like Cindy Crawford. I didn't look like Cindy Lauper. And so I was bullied. Anyway, I wanted to get a, I wanted to be a part of the industry that uh, shined light on women so that women treated women better. Girls had different role models. And so I became a writer. And my mission has always been to elevate the female voice. I've been doing that since I was 19. So along the way, I ended up launching a nonprofit, a girl-on-girl bullying solutions organization, and I caught the bubble of girl-on-girl bullying in 2011. My little one-man shop, one-woman shop was catapulted to the national spotlight pretty instantly. And I created partnerships with Southwest, with every major nonprofit organization in the country. I was flying all over the 
the U United States serving girls, facilitating workshops, and it got to be very demanding. And I lost my identity in it and burned out. Running a nonprofit was a very fulfilling thing from a soulful perspective, but it became really heavy because it was also like, you know, financially suffocating. And I didn't feel like I had enough support. I didn't feel like I had enough anything, time, money, support. And I had to surrender and I had to heal. And I went back into the world of storytelling to sort of come back to me. Uh, when I started sharing my journey of burnout and started writing about my burnout story, that was, you know, right when Arianna Huffington created Thrive and it was before the world burned out <laughs> and me being vocal and me being vulnerable in my story on a personal level gave me an opportunity to connect to people who were going through the same thing. And burnout was really something that God put on my heart to come out and share burnout recovery. Uh, why are we doing this to ourselves? We can get out of this. So I started writing unapologetically enough uh, about eight years ago in 2014. I pitched a hundred literary agents and that took about five years and 77 of them responded. Um, when you pitch a book and you're pitching a nonfiction book, there's this huge process you have to go through, particularly if you're trying to get a traditional deal. You pitch a literary agent, a query, then they look at a proposal that includes chapters. If you can get them to read your whole book, you're pretty far in the process. And I got through all three of those steps and then always got a rejection letter. And the rejection letter was always, as soon as I saw your book reminds me of, I knew I was getting rejected. I got one, two, three, sometimes all three. I got my book, it reminds me of Carry On by Glenna Doyle. It reminds me of Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. It reminds me of Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. I always got those three. And then it was always because you don't have 100,000 followers, I'm passing. After five years of that, I gave up. And I was like, okay, clearly, uh, you know, this isn't going to happen. So I surrendered. I was like, okay, I'm going to put this on for a while. And at some point in 2018, I popped my eyes open after a good night's sleep and I heard God say, be the house. And I literally went from like, it was like a cartoon. I went from completely horizontal to like absolutely vertical within a matter of a second, because the last thing I wanted to do was launch a business. The last thing I wanted to do was launch a publishing house. Nine months later, I launched a publishing house <laughs> and, um, I've published 30 books, including my own, unapologetically enough. That was, I dropped mine in 2022. I've, you know, I feel like I've complete, I'm on my path and on my journey of fulfilling my mission that I created for myself when I was 19 of elevating the female voice and helping us create a stronger collective, you know, a more united space for us to support each other. So first of all, I love how your mission of elevating the female voice manifested itself in different ways on your journey. First of all, it was through the nonprofit mm -hmm. and then it was more towards your traditional roots of storytelling. So mm -hmm. that just goes to show you no matter where your current vocation is, your calling can manifest in many different ways. 
But let's talk about the day you got that download into your heart that you were supposed to start a publishing house. Mm -hmm. And the way I kind of see it is you were asked to do the one thing you didn't want to do. You were asked to do the one thing you dreaded most. Yep. So you get the download and Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, what, what happened? How did you take, how did you not get stuck in that fear, not camp out there and say, okay, we're going to do this. Oh, I totally did. I was like, F you God, I'm not doing this again. I literally was like screaming out loud. My, my, I was next to my boyfriend at the time who's not my husband and he jumped out of bed and he had his fists up because he thought someone had broken into the house and like we were under attack. And I got like my finger pointing up to the air and I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, I was terrified. Launching a publishing house. I mean, come on, that's not like an easy thing to do, right? It's not like I knew anything. And I had been published many times before, um, you know, through magazines, through newspapers, thousands of times. I mean, we're talking 20 years of consistent writing, but this was different. So in a new relationship, I had already experienced professional burnout. I had already experienced like immune failure from IVF. I did not want to go into this direction because as somebody that has experienced burnout as a workaholic, I didn't, I knew what that, I knew the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I knew the potential of burning out again. So I was like, it actually was something I did not take on right away. I ignored it and I ignored it and ignored it and ignored it for months on end until I started to notice that my current client list was dwindling and out of the blue, people would like ghost me. And when I finally got down to like, all right, I'm living on my savings. Clearly this river is drying up. And meanwhile, you know, I would go into meditation and I would kind of write, you know, do my journaling work. And there's this nagging sensation in the back of my brain. That's like, do this, do this, look into this. I called a girlfriend and I was like, you know, hypothetically, if I wanted to start a publishing house, who do you think I should talk to about that? And she was like, oh, I, you know, I can totally put you in touch with my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And you guys can have a conversation. And so I, I, I just started poking around and uh, started looking at what it is I really wanted to create. If I was going to do this, I was going to do it my way. And I had to go look at my own experience of being rejected and what that felt like and what I could do and what I could offer having all of these skills. You know, I've been a writer, I've been a publicist, I've been the spokesperson. I know all those pieces. If I was going to create a publishing house, I want it to be different than what's out there already. So I put like a a little manifesto together and I started talking to people in the industry and One morning I woke up probably nine months later after doing this internal work and talking to a bunch of folks and I decided to just put this lead page together. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I just have to jump in and do this. I sent it to like 10 people and like three weeks later got a client and then it just sort of snowballed. The scary part was, okay, now I've got these clients. And I have to publish their book. I have to have a distribution channel. And so I went to, there's a couple of big uh, distributors of books in the country. Independent Publishing Group is one. Ingram is another. 
So I got an introduction to the president of independent publishing group at the time. His name was Larry. And Larry and I started this like dance of like, it took probably four months of ongoing communication. Finally, he calls me and he's like, okay, I've Googled you. I understand you're an entrepreneur and you're hardcore at it. You're going to make this work come hell or high water. I'll sign you as a client on two conditions. You don't publish children's books and you don't publish cookbooks. Can you agree to that? And I was like, yes. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And before you know it, I was like, okay, this is a official thing. Like we're publishing our first book in like four months. And that was 2019. So there's so much to unpack there in that story. But I think the first thing that really stood out to me in your journey is when God gave you that download and you were resistant or you were not walking in obedience, he literally turned off your water faucet so that you would have to go look for water elsewhere. And I, he's done that to me in my own life. And it's just funny how if you're not doing it, it's going to happen whether you choose to play along immediately or not. <laughs> I know. I was so, I was like, I don't want to do this. Please don't make me do this. I was like, Oh, I mean, resistant is like a easy word. I was like swearing with my fingers and stuff. So yeah, it was not fun. But then you did it and yeah. you, you let faith, not fear, be your compass is, is one of the things I like to say. And you did the one thing you have to do. You took action. You put that landing page together and you put an offer out there. And that's the first step for a lot of entrepreneurs is <laughs> just saying, okay, what does this look like? Like, how do I put the offer out there? So let's transition a little bit into, I want to call your zone of genius, but that's just helping women or helping entrepreneurs empower themselves and get past maybe that feeling of I'm an imposter or I'm not enough. Like I don't have a big enough following. I don't have a big enough audience. Just speak to that and what you would say to the listener who has a dream on her heart, wants to go into the direction they feel called, but they just don't feel like they are enough in the things that we've been talking about. Okay. So I'm going to just get like spiritual here for a second, but like, uh, my husband and I attend, um, a small church group once a week. And yesterday's session was about the community, the body and how one piece of it isn't any more important than another. And that you're, if you look at the body as a whole, every organ has to be working in order for us to feel hundred percent. Right. When I'm, when I'm looking at people that I admire, like Brene Brown, Glennon Doyle and the massive following they have, I appreciate what they do in the world. I know they work hard. It's taken me a long time to accept the fact that just because they're doing their thing doesn't mean that I'm not any more or any less qualified, quote unquote, important, special, smart, you know, like we each have our own lanes to sort of play in. And because faith plays such a big, important role in my life, like I know the calling I've got and staying focused on that, all my job is now is to connect to whatever mission I feel I have and serve that to the best of my ability. Um, when I look out outside of myself and I start comparing myself to people or, you know, 
I have huge dreams for this book. I mean, like this was an eight year project I put out into the world and I did this with God. Like I know it's going places and I could talk to you about what's happened since I launched the book. But like when I start to look at what hasn't happened and the dreams that haven't manifested, I slowly start to get into this dark place that's really hard to get out of. And frankly, what hasn't happened is none of my business because that doesn't mean that it won't happen. So for me, platform is all about playing and connection and just putting my true voice out to the world when I feel inspired, when I don't feel inspired to put videos out or social media out or any of that jazz, I lean in and I think, where am I inspired to serve? What am I inspired to say? And I'll go and I'll do that. So like for me right now, I'm applying to pitch. I'm pitching myself to conferences. I'm in communication with a number of corporations. I'm doing programs. It's in a very different place than anywhere else I feel called to show up. Uh, But if you would look at my platform, you would think, oh, you're not doing anything. You're not showing up. You're not serving. Mm. But that's not true. That is so powerful to everyone in business because we think that maybe, and I actually will see people say, well, I can't believe they're speaking at this conference. They don't have a very big social media following. Well, they may not have it on that platform, but it might be on another platform. Or as you said, they may be doing the speaker route or maybe their podcast guesting. So there's so many ways that you can show up and the numbers don't always indicate the level of success that you have, but you really leaned into it when you said it's how you felt called, what was authentic and aligned to your purpose at that time in your business. And I'll, I'll share that. Like when we're, when we detach from all of the imposter syndrome pieces and we stop looking at what someone else is doing in her lane and we put blinders on and we keep our head Wherever you're going to put your head, up or down, I don't care. But when you're saying focus on your own mission and you would take inspired action, things will start to happen naturally. They start to happen organically. They start to flow, right? So for example, my book, Unapologetically Enough, got picked up for a number of subscription boxes because burnout is like the number one issue on everyone's mouth right now. Like it's everywhere. I I have this great ability of knowing when something is about to pop and then showing up and put a product out and you know, I, I get put in these bubbles. So it gets picked up for subscription boxes. Thousands and thousands and thousands of copies are out in other people's, to other people's clients. That doesn't count towards retail. That's like a wholesale mm-hmm. price. But it doesn't mean that 20,000 people didn't just get a copy of my book. But if you looked at my Amazon numbers, you wouldn't know that. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, my book is being sold in these, on traditional ways, an outsider would think I'm not doing anything with it. But in reality, I took that charge and I tuned in and I was like, where am I supposed to go now? And I got this download to like, burnout is a thing. Go talk to corporations. I've never done corporate programs in my life. And now I'm in conversations with Fortune 500 companies with half a million teammates around the world because my message is right. I took aligned action. It was very easy. And now really organic things that allow me to serve the way I'm supposed to serve are showing up. 
I love that aligned action. Like, and you yeah. know it, you know it in your gut and in your heart when you've done the work and you've gotten quiet as to what that aligned action is in your life or in your business. Yeah. And I think you really spoke into something that I want to ask you is our last question on this topic. And that is you redefined your version of success mm-hmm. instead of looking at your Amazon numbers or looking at these metrics you redefined what success was to you. And that was the lives you were impacting through having that book in that person's hand, regardless of the distribution channel. So how, what type of advice would you give for someone who maybe needs to take a step back and redefine what their version of success would look like? So for me, um, success, I had to detach success and money. I had to detach worth and money because Again, my faith is so important and I know that no one can pay my worth, right? So that was a very different feeling for me. So I started defining success around how I wanted to feel that day. At the end of the day is a successful day, me feeling joyful and being excited and like lit up or is it me being so tired and crabby and like so stressed because I still have to do X, Y, and Z. So redefining success um for me started with first of all where did I get the original definition and why is it always attached to money and title (laughs) and and if I don't make that each day or each month or each year and I don't get this title whether it be motherhood whether it be CEO whether it be millionaire does that mean I'm any less than if I did or any more than You know what I mean? So going inward and feeling into how you want to feel each day and letting that be your definition of success. That's the best advice I can give. That's right. Because a paycheck only makes you happy for a while. But what you just described is every day, all day. And that's what keeps you going and gives you that, that energy. So, and it is a daily thing. Like, it's not like, you know, my husband and I will get stressed about something and I have to remind myself or I have to, I have to take a mental health break and, you know, go do something else. And, you know, I'll take the doctor a walk or I'll snuggle with her or I'll go swimming in the pool, even though it's like 40 degrees out, just to like do something different. That's really been helpful for me. I love that. I love that you disconnect and just, and figure that out and, and make that space. Yes. Okay. Well, we talked about it a little bit in our first episode when we had Carrie on, but her book has some really neat exercises for helping you just get into this topic and and just kind of get quiet and and find maybe your next step and where you're going on your journey. So tell us a little bit about your book, Unapologetically Enough, and where all of our listeners can find it. Oh, sure. So Unapologetically Enough is my story of burnout, burnout recovery, and accepting myself as enough without those uh, material titles. Uh, I do touch on personal and professional triumphs, um, and I do look at uh, various exercises that I used to pull myself out of the depths of burnout and coming back home to myself. So the subtitle is Reshaping Success and Self-Love. Both of those things are um, sort of driving factors for me on a day-to-day of staying out of burnout and, um, you know, being happy. So in the back of the book, there's 
probably 10 exercises on how you can do both those things, reshape success, reshape self-love. I love a book that doesn't just talk theory, but gives you tactical and practical steps. Yeah. So one of the things I always like to leave my listeners with is we've talked about a lot of things, but what is one tactical or practical thing they can do this week to maybe make them feel, you know, tackle that enoughness or reshape their life and step into their purpose and their calling? Um, my first suggestion would be to unfollow anyone that makes you feel less than like right now, disconnect from it. It's not your business. You don't need to keep tabs on somebody. If they're making you feel icky, let it go. That's the first thing is to clear out that space. I love that. And it's just something that I think sometimes we just get so bogged down and to the people in our social media feeds and just getting a good cleanse and, and, and maybe going through and, and looking at who we're listening to and pay attention to what we're paying attention to mm-hmm. be very tactical and practical for them. So yeah. thank you so much for that. All right. Well, let's tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, I'm at unapologeticallyenough.com. All my social media channels are over there. If you reach out and connect, you get me directly and we'll chat. <laughs> yes, send her a message, send her a DM. They, we love to hear from you guys, just that you heard this message or you heard this episode and it resonated with you. So, okay, before we say goodbye, I'd like to ask you one last question and that is what inspires you? What inspires me? I have a really good relationship with God. Faith is like the number one thing for me. I start my day in meditation and prayer and I connect throughout the day. And so knowing that I've been given this great calling of going out and helping others connect back into their hearts, that's, uh, that's, that's what lights me up every day is knowing I have a purpose and I'm out here doing it. And she did it scared. She started a publishing company when it was the one thing she didn't want to do because that's <laughs> what she needed to do to shine her light in this world and help other people. So that's such a, such an inspiration. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming, Carrie. It has been great to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks so we much. Loved, we loved having you back. Yeah. To learn more about Carrie and how she helps empower women just like you to put yourself out there, click on the link in the show notes. We would love to hear how this message inspired you today. Hit the link in the show notes and send us a quick message or a DM on one of our social media. We can't wait to hear from you. And remember, wherever you are in your life or your business today, don't stay stuck. Keep going and be brave. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you were educated, empowered, or inspired, please follow and leave a review and share this episode with a friend. I want to help you get unstuck in life and business so you can build the life of your dreams. The first step on that journey is learning to calm the chaos and make space for what matters. Get my secret weapon for finding time in your busy life to make good things happen. Just click on the link in the show notes and grab my simple strategies to overcome overwhelm and take back your life. And until next time, remember, don't get stuck, keep going, and be brave.